Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, June 3rd, 2018, episode 40. This is Nick coming to you live from Houston, Texas. My esteemed showrunner and co-host, Big Papa Tom, is unavailable this week because he is out there looping the deals at a big work event all weekend. Um, Unfortunately, we do have other commitments aside from bringing you the most important Steelers-related information and insights. So alas, duty called. I will take this opportunity to reiterate we do accept donations. Okay, now that that's out of the way, I need to make a confession. I have done, you listeners, wrong. I just recorded a couple minutes ago, perhaps the greatest Steelers podcast that anyone could ever hear. Then I found out that the audio was corrupted and the podcast was completely useless. So this is attempt number two, okay? And I'm not going to say it was the greatest podcast that anyone's ever heard because... I didn't even hear it. The audio didn't work the minute I bounced the thing. Despite all the precautions that I took, it just, maybe we weren't ready for it. That being said, I'm happy you guys are here listening to this one because we're about to outdo that because we got a packed show today. And I could talk about this stuff for three episodes straight, although that's not my goal today. Hopefully this is the last one, right? Despite... June being the doldrums of the NFL calendar year, which we have reiterated enough times to you guys, we got plenty to talk about today, okay? And I don't, I don't know why I'm saying we. What I actually mean is I'm going to talk about this alone in front of my computer, and you can talk out loud alone in your car or whatever, and we can sort of have a pseudo-conversation or maybe even move into a real one if you hit me up at, at Steelers Outpost on Twitter. Not a bad idea, right? So some of the stuff we got to talk about today is positive. Some of it, not so much. But all of it helps to make up this first chapter of the 2018 Steelers inevitable Super Bowl run that we all be talking about and remembering for the rest of our lives. So let's dig in. We're going to talk about, first, some unfortunate injuries that took place in OTAs. And then we're going to talk about OTAs themselves in general. Are they a good idea? Are they a bad idea? Do we need them? Should we get rid of them? All that stuff. Uh, After that, we've got some killer bees talk to get into. So let's start with the OTAs and the injuries. Two guys on the Steelers already out for the season. Gerald Hawkins, offensive tackle. He is basically the first backup offensive tackle on the roster. He was replacing Chris Hubbard, who is a great tackle we had, who we lost to the Cleveland Browns and Turd Haley over there this season. So he actually had a big role to play. This year, hopefully not too big, but he was definitely going to see some playing time. And the other guy we lost is Jake McGee, a tight end who was going to be fighting for a roster spot on the Steelers roster. He would be battling with Xavier Grimble for that third tight end spot. Um, Kind of worst case scenario, you'd imagine he'd make the practice squad, but he even did have a chance to make the Steelers team. So both of these guys had huge opportunities this year, but it kind of goes deeper than that. This isn't just a year wasted. This sincerely for both of these guys might have been their last opportunity to even play in the NFL both of these guys may not get another they may never get another opportunity right because Gerald Hawkins he's never played in a 
really meaningful snaps in an NFL regular season game. And this is the second time in his first three years where an injury has caused him to miss the entire season. Jake McGee is an undrafted player who's missing a whole year. Again, he has no game tape either. And every year, there's seven rounds in the draft, and there's all kind of undrafted free agents ready to come and take the place for these type of guys, especially if they've got nothing on the table, you know, nothing on tape to look at already. So I was bummed for them personally, you know, because you think about that, that sucks for those dudes. Not only do you miss a, a year of playing, but you might never get to play in the NFL again. It really says a lot about how difficult it is to play in the NFL. It even says how difficult it is to, to win a Super Bowl or to win games in general because there are so many moving parts and there's so many players involved that you know spots aren't guaranteed or you could lose the wrong guy at the wrong time. But I almost especially feel worse for these type of guys, the bottom of the roster guys. Like, you look at Odell Beckham Jr., who missed the whole year last year, and of course you feel for him. You do, The injury looks painful. That sucks on an immediate basis, but the guy's super passionate about football, and it's a way of making his livelihood. He, you know, you could be losing... He, he obviously gets paid for that year, but you could be losing money in the process through other ways, and you feel bad for the fans in general for missing out on a guy like Odell and Aaron Rodgers was out last year. J.J. Watt was out last year, right? But with those guys, there's kind of the caveat with, well, we know they're going to come back on the team. They're going to be getting paid big time. They're going to be starting and hopefully putting up big numbers right when they get back. Guys like Gerald Hawkins and Jake McGee, they don't get that same benefit of the doubt. They may never get another opportunity, and they might just kind of fall into the foam of the ocean here while other guys come and take their place. So that really sucks, and I feel bad for those guys. Um, It's kind of an interesting thing to look at when it comes to the NFL Um, just the level of difficulty right so they both got hurt at OTAs at basically on what most of us can agree on as sort of meaningless practices right and a lot of people have been having this conversation recently should we even be having OTAs and I don't think Gerald Hawkins and Jake McGee are the guy who are are the guys who are going to you know, push that arrow from, yes, we should have them, to no, we shouldn't have them. But for us as Steelers fans, it's a great talking point, right? And I I don't see enough arguments to really have them. We, we all agree that, yeah, they're not that big of a deal. You'd like to have your star players there. But if they, if they miss them, quote unquote, it's just OTAs, right? So we're even insinuating that they're not that important. Yet we see so many players and, yes, star players get hurt every year at OTAs. Hunter Henry is the tight end for the Los Angeles Chargers. By the way, that is the first time I think I've actually said Los Angeles Chargers instead of saying the San Diego Chargers. No, wait, the Los Angeles Chargers. So this is a big moment. Don't expect me to continue to get that right going in the future, but I digress. Hunter Henry, stud tight end for those guys. He was finally going to get a bigger piece of the pie this year, and he was really looking to have a breakout season for a Super Bowl contending team. He tears his ACL just running at OTAs. I don't know if he was running a pattern or whatever, but it was a non-contact injury. And at OTAs, every year, we see a lot of these non-contact injuries. Now, they're not going full pads usually and stuff like that, right? But they get hurt a lot. And kind of the popular and intelligent opinion on this is no matter how good your off season is in getting the Baywatch body fully functional, 
you know, no matter how great of shape you get in, no matter how puny you make us mortals look, and they and they do make us look puny because look at the workouts these these guys are doing. It's the peak of human physical evolution and fitness, right? But it's just not the same as playing on a football field and having 21 other parts moving around you and having to cut and move at different angles that can't totally be replicated without being in an actual game or like practice situation, right? And so you need to sort of slowly ramp up to that kind of stuff, right? And you can't expect expect players to start cutting and playing football at full speed after training in the offseason. It's just simply different, right? So I don't know, you know, how you get them to that point. Maybe they need to take it easier in OTAs. Um, and, but it almost seems like there's not a, not a ton you can do. And there's not a ton I can judge without being there. But OTAs, it doesn't seem to be a huge point to them besides injuring star players. Now, speaking of star players, I, I think that this issue – of getting into football shape relates interestingly to some Le'Veon Bell talks, right? So big story from last year was the Steelers started super slow and they were winning in spite of their their slow start, but especially Le'Veon, he did not put up the numbers that we're accustomed to seeing him put up in the beginning of last year. And a lot of people credited that to him not going to training camp. Because, yes, he's in better shape than any other human, animal, alien, cyborg, than any moving creature has ever been in the history of the world. He's got 17 abs by the time he shows up to play the Browns in week one. But it's just not the same as playing on a football field. And a lot of people think that, you know, that led to his slow start. I personally think that it it definitely had something to do with it. Although you can't blame it all on that because everyone besides Antonio Brown had a slow start last year. But it was a factor, right? So we're kind of expecting that to happen again as it's all but a foregone conclusion that he's going to miss training camp. But let me offer this up. This is the first time I've thought of this. Should Le'Veon actually consider coming to training camp in order to avoid injury instead of the opposite? Now, let me like backpedal for a second here as a Steelers fan I want Le'Veon to come to training camp because I think it gets the team ready to start hitting on all cylinders day one I think it's kind of hard to argue that right and while his act is wearing a little bit thin right now and we'll get into that more later um, I understand completely and agree with his strategy of of not attending practices where he obviously exposes himself to getting hurt when he could be losing a ton of money. This is his second season of I'll roll the dice that I play great and don't get hurt so I can get that massive payout from a Browns or Dolphins type of team who wants to pay me $74 billion to play running back for them, right? But now maybe my tone is is changing a little bit because if he just steps on the field first regular season game, he's only practiced for a week, his risk for injury might go up. So I think that if he goes to training camp, we all know that Mike Tomlin isn't going to run him into the ground. He plans on giving him 900 carries during the regular season. So he probably let him take it relatively easy. And it actually may be in Le'Veon's best interests to go to training camp in order to avoid the injury instead of skipping it, right? Okay? Makes sense. It doesn't matter. He's not going to go anyway. But I just, I thought that that 
kind of an interesting strategy that nobody's really talking about yet. But when it comes to Le'Veon, there's plenty to talk about. And today, we are talking about his budding rap career. And so is the rest of America. Because for some reason, the rest of his songs, which are very similar to this one in in the message and in the style, they haven't caught on in the national media, but it is slow time, like we said, in the NFL. So this one caught on big time. His new single is called Target. Like I said, it's very similar to the other songs. Talks about how he needs to get that bag. He needs to get that money. Talks about how he's got a target on his back and everyone's making him out to look to look like he's the bad guy. It uses same kind of format as the rest of the songs. You know, the trap, triplet style rapping, the uh, like, hubbada, 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 scut, hubbada, hubbada, ha, nobody, nobody likes me. Uh, I do not get enough money. Yeah, that, that's basically the song right there. Uh, regardless, he talks about that, that the Steelers don't value him enough. And I want to talk about value for a second here today because... I don't think an intelligent football fan would argue that on a football field, what he does, if you want to compare him to like an Antonio Brown, you know, who's almost the type of money he's looking for, I don't think you can argue that he's less valuable than A.B. on a football field. I mean, we've said it numerous times, Le'Veon, more than almost anyone else, has carried the team, especially in the second half of that 2016 season. That was like the Pittsburgh Le'Veon Bells for a while. You know, he plays running back. So even A.B. doesn't have the ability to get the ball 30 times a game like Le'Veon does. And he can work all over the field and this and that, whatever. Yet hugely important piece. Now, we can obviously talk about, you know, how the rule of uh, diminishing returns with a running back. They kind of fall off the cliff a little bit earlier since of the physical demands of their position and everything like that. But on the field, he's as valuable as any non-quarterback in the league. But value is not always determined by talent or impact, but it's determined by the marketplace. So is Kirk Cousins better than Ben, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Cam Newton, or any other quarterback besides Matt Ryan right now? No. But the going rate to get a top-tier quarterback is tons of money (laughs) right now, and that's what Kirk Cousins got, right? So is Le'Veon... You know, the, the argument a lot of people want to use is the next closest guy is being paid $9, $10 million or whatever. Is he twice as valuable as those guys if he wants that $17, $18 million? It's like, no, but you can make the argument that those guys, Devonta Freeman and them, are just underpaid, right? But at the end of the day, there's only a couple teams who are going to pay like a $17 million price tag for him because – that's just not market value. It's just not great business. There are other guys that you can get that you get 80, 90% of the production out of them for 50% of the cost. The same isn't true for a wide receiver. You can't get a running by wide receiver by committees in the way that you do for AB or this or that or whatever. So, you know, there's a couple points to that. And right now, he's kind of making the target on his back a lot bigger because he just cannot stop talking about this stuff and listen I'm as a Steelers fan I want Le'Veon Bell to stay on the team and I can't help being frustrated when he doesn't you know accept offers that we haven't been able to confirm but allegedly they're they're pretty high money offers like oh 14 15 million dollars a year but at the same time I don't blame him man you can't blame him 
somebody will pay him that $17 million, and whether it's a Dolphins or Browns or somebody like that, somebody will give it to him, right? And we've heard this argument many times, but asking him not to be able to bargain for his value is like asking someone at their own job to be like, hey, you do better work and more work than all of your peers, yet you get paid dramatically less than those guys. You say, well, I want a raise, or I'm going to go somewhere else that's going to give me a raise. And they say, nope, we're going to slap you with the old-fashioned business franchise tag. Screw you. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. And I hope that you don't get some sort of office-related injury in the process because then your value is going to go way down. I guess there's that extra added element, right? So I understand what he's doing, and I can't argue with it. But in terms of the likability thing and having the target on his back, it's at the point where he's putting that target on his own back right now. Because a lot of people are going to be mad at him no matter what. They think that he should take a discount, this or that. But a lot of people are kind of getting fed up with him. And and his act is honestly wearing thin on me at this moment right now, just from like a personality standpoint. Like sometimes a player's personality is just dislikable. And I'm not saying Le'Veon's like that overall because he's a fun guy, but right now he's kind of acting like it. Like, so, like, for example, like, whiny Tom Brady. And listen, a lot of us hate Tom Brady because of the dreams that he's crushed, but he's also just whiny and that stupid, goofy spike he does. It's just unlikable. Or Kobe, Kobe Bryant, pretty much my favorite basketball player in the NBA ever. The reason why I started watching NBA He's a douche. I mean, he just exudes it. He's like the president of, of douche town. He can't, there's nothing he can do. That's just who he is. It's just not a super likable guy unless he's on your team or you, know, you enjoy what he does. Or even Cam Newton with kind of people used to talk about his, his smile and positivity sort of seem phony. And when things are going wrong, he gets not just whiny, but just like straight up emo just the highs are you know really high and the lows are really low and all of those guys do tremendous things for charity and for other people and whatever and this or that and we don't know them personally but just something about them is kind of dislikable um on the surface and that's sort of what Le'Veon's doing to himself with all the poor me you're putting a target on my back and coming at Pittsburgh fans when people like me are, are sitting here like dude we've been supporting you this whole time and now you're coming at us it's, it's just not a good look so that's enough for Le'Veon for today. Let's move on to his buddies. And the last little segment here, we're going to talk about the other killer bees, Ben and AB, who have not shown up to OTAs past day two in sort of a hypocritical fashion. So on the first day of OTAs, AB gave an interview that sort of bucked his trend of only saying sports platitudes and not really giving you in any information by actually taking a stance and saying that Le'Veon should be at OTAs and that, quote, the only way to get better is by showing up. He gave that quote and then promptly stopped going to OTAs almost immediately after. Ben went to the first day of OTAs, that's it. Uh, AB went to the first two and that was it. Ben's not there because he planned a family vacation, which is hilarious because... It's not like OTAs haven't been on the schedule. They were on there, and Ben saw them and was like, that's the perfect time that I do not want to be in Pittsburgh. Let's go to Barbados, Barbados or something like that, right? Barbados. Right? Hilarious. AB says that he only goes to practice if Ben is there, which is equally hilarious. And I think that we should actually just enjoy these reasons, despite the fact that 
I do wish they were at OTAs. We have admitted that they're not that big of a deal. Um, obviously, it's a bad look, you guys. But when you, by the time you get to training camp and we're actually doing stuff, nobody's going to care if they miss a couple of days of OTAs, and it's not going to make a big difference. OTAs might be crit, uh, critical for a team that has like a total coaching change or a new offensive coordinator where they need to learn a new system. That's not the case in Pittsburgh. The feet master, Randy Feetner, has been here for like a decade, and, and nothing much is actually really changing. So it's not that big of a deal. It's just a bad look, and especially after they've said things in the past year or two about Le'Veon needing to be there. But... We can hope that Le'Veon will show up by training camp. He won't. But we know that A.B. and Ben will be there. And um, let's hope that that time goes by quickly because I'm about ready to get talking uh, about some real football, right? Instead of this uh, unfortunate just C-list rap conversation. I don't want to be Pittsburgh pitchfork over here talking about that. I just I just can't do it anymore. Target, I, I could not make it through the whole song, but you get the message, right? We don't want to talk about our players getting injured. We want to talk about the Steelers 2018 Super Bowl run. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, i got to bid you adieu. Please give us any suggestions or input. Tell us if you like it. Tell us if you don't like it. Tell us what you think we can improve on, what parts you think we should do more of or whatever. Hit us up at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com or on Twitter at SteelersOutpost. For my co-host, Big Papa Tom, I say goodnight. Okay, bye-bye.